time to talk training, fitness, and health on the Weight Endurance Podcast. We're not doctors, dietitians, or physiologists. We're professional coaches, and your hosts, Cody and Kathy Waite. We've worked with hundreds of endurance athletes over the last 15 years through our training facility, plans, and programs. Within this podcast, we're sharing our own training and racing experiences, along with the knowledge gained from working with our athletes. We'll be shedding light on the training methodologies that we've found to be the most successful in making you a fitter and faster cyclist. All right, welcome back. I am Cody. I am Kathy. (laughs) And you're listening to episode... (laughs) 61 of the Weight Endurance Podcast, and this is our third installment of our event prep series of hopefully shorter podcast episodes. We're trying to get shorter. Our last one was 30 minutes. Gosh, we tried for 20. We're trying, we're, the goal is to get down in the low 20s. So um, this episode, we want to touch on race warm-ups, so getting warmed up. Okay, warm-up, and that's it. All right, that's it. We're done. <laughs> right. right. Um, so before we do that, uh, our podcast is sponsored by uh, Pressery. Fresh made, cold shipped broths and noodles, which we love. And you can now order them online, have them shipped right to your door, and even sign up for a recurring subscription, which is what we do. We get our bottles of bone broth right to our door every month. And uh, you can use discount code WAIT10, all capitals, W A I T E, and the number 10 at checkout. And you can get 10 bucks off one order or 10, bu- 10 bucks off a recurring subscription order. Perfect. We yeah. love we love the pressery. Yeah, we love it a lot. So give try them out. Um, let us know what you think. Um, all right. So let's dig into it. Uh, warm ups, race warm ups. So goal of a warm up. There's well, warm ups. First of all, are there's there's the science based warm up, which science in general tends to say you don't actually need a whole lot of warming up to perform in most cases. Um, but then there's the anecdotal side of things of what do the athletes actually do? And it varies, but many of them really have like a deep, strong, like extensive warm up protocol that they follow. And I think a lot of that comes down to like a ritual, um, which is definitely great, but you definitely need to also be careful not to like over warm up. I, this, that's just on the top of my mind lately. Um, having been, in Puerto Rico, which was like a hot environment in a mm-hmm. race that was like middle right. to even late, like middle-ish of the day, that I was looking around watching, you know, some of the juniors and the elites warming up at different times and stuff. And like, like the amount of warm up was almost like over the top, in my opinion. Right, right. And then they may have overheated during the race. It's because, quite possible. Yeah, yeah warmed up so it's much. quite possible. But they may argue that like they need to go through that ritual of, of the same thing, maybe for every race to really get their head in the right place and all that sort of thing. So there's well, I value to a ritual, but I think you can't, you can't be rigid right. in your process or it may be to your detriment. Right. Quite possibly. Um, and then there's always that guy or girl that, you know, shows up late to the race and gets zero warm up, And you know, that obviously isn't the optimal way to do it either. So there's kind of a balance in there of what's right, what's wrong, but also like what works for the individual. So we'll kind of run through some stuff here. Um, so the goal of a warm-up is really to prepare yourself to perform, to race. Um, so, you know, the obvious ones are to literally warm up your muscles. So get the blood flow and actually raise the temperature mm-hmm. of, of your, your, your muscles, um, your, your core temperature a little bit if it's cold, but not too much on the core temperature side of things. But get the blood flowing, you know, dilate the blood vessels, all those, all those sorts of things. 
And then also one that people don't always think of is warming up your like metabolic system. Mm. Because when we're sitting here, we're burning predominantly fat, minimal carbohydrates, but you may be going into a race that's going to rely heavily on carbohydrates. Um, you're going to need to warm yourself up for that. So your body's like ready to, to do that effectively. Mm, uh, that's a really good point. I yeah. hadn't thought about that one. Um, I put a little star here, minimize impact of core temperature. This is especially critical for warm weather races. Um, now, if it's super cold out, you may actually benefit from bringing your core temp up a tad. But core temperature actually doesn't, it's a super, super narrow range. I'm not going to say the exact number because I don't remember. But it like it's like not even like two degrees. I think it's less than two degrees like change plus or minus is like not good. For, like your body does not like that. So um, it doesn't take much. But in general, um, minimizing the impact of like a core temperature change. Um, and then lastly, like we mentioned, there's a psychological component of clearing your mind and like preparing mentally right. for it. That for part event. to me is huge because if you just it is. say you were running late and you rushed into the parking lot, slammed your car door shut, grabbed your bike and ran to the, ran over to the start line with your bike, I, are you really ready mentally to do this race? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think the mental side is pro almost maybe the most important thing. I mean, that could be argued, but mm -hmm. definitely as important as the physical side of literally, you know, act actually warming up. So, um, so there's a lot of variables in determining like how to warm up or what or what you should maybe do or try for warm ups. Um, some of the variables include like the style of event, um, duration, weather an individual rider's fitness, um, you know, those are some key ones. So talking about style of events, you, you were thinking specifically of the starting pace that's required. Um, so shorter distance races often start much more aggressively. Um, so you need to be a little, make sure you are fully warmed up um, versus a long endurance race might start r rather conservatively or, or road racing can often start right. rather conservatively. Um, and, and I would just to piggyback on what we said on the mental part of it. I think when the race starts really aggressively, that's when you need to be mentally prepared for that. I feel like your body can kind of just do it. Like mm -hmm. it may be painful to start at X number of Watts when right. you're like, haven't done that in the warm up. But to me, it's more about a mental preparation that, I am ready to be really uncomfortable. Right. Like I'm, I'm mentally ready to be physically uncomfortable. Right. For the next five minutes. Exactly. And d the event determines, is that uncomfortableness, does it come immediately? Mm -hmm. Or does it come much later? Like for me in Leadville, the start is fast, but it's downhill. And it's, I don't think it's terribly bad. It's stressful, but it's not like hard. Mm-hmm. So I know that the race doesn't actually get really hard in my mind for many hours down down the road. And so you have plenty of time to warm up for that. Right, but, but when you were in Puerto Rico, right. you knew... You had to be ready... Boom, from the start. From the start, yeah, exactly. Um, so the style of event definitely plays a, a role in determining your, how your uh, race warm-up would look. Alongside the same idea, like the, the duration of mm -hmm. your event. So, you know, the shorter your event, the longer your warm-up likely will be and then vice versa if you have a really long event likely of a very short warm-up in some cases no warm-up um yeah do you really warm up for Leadville I've done different things in different years I think last time I did it it was consisted of like a 10 minute ride from where we parked over to the start line and that was right. about that was it. it yeah well, it's kind of cold too it's kind of cold you're not gonna 
you're not gonna like warm your core temperature up enough. In fact, riding around, I feel like you almost get colder in a lot of aspects. So right. it was more like just get over to the start line and- Get in your corral yeah. so you, you don't get kind of boxed out from getting where you need to go. Yeah, especially if you're further back in a right. corral or something like that. So um, so yeah, shorter event, longer warm up, longer event, shorter warm up um, is a good rule of thumb. Weather, um, warmer events require less of a warm up. So thinking of Puerto Rico where it was hot, um, in my opinion, you don't need an extensive warm up. And in fact, you know, you're maybe doing some harm and decreasing your possibility of a high performance because you're wearing yourself out um, a little bit. Colder events may require more of a warm up. Mm, that one's tricky though. That one is tricky. Because you have to stay very, you have to be careful with your clothing mm-hmm. if you're going to warm up on your bike and not on a trainer and stay warm while you're warming up. And I, I kind of struggled with that in Arkansas on mm-hmm. that first Saturday morning. It was like 35. It was so cold when we were warming up. Right. So um, just bundle up, like have extra layers that I was going to slough off before the race. Yeah. Um, or if you can, I guess ideally it would be like war- if it's cold, you warm up on a, on a, in, like a stationary. Trainers trainer. or rollers, yeah. yeah. I mean, that a lot of mountain bike, cross-country mountain bikers do that. Um, and I think crit racers and stuff as well. Um, we didn't used to do that back in the day, but I have a feeling, um, they probably are this year, but, or these days, but definitely cross country mountain bike racers, um, will warm up often on a, on rollers or trainer of some sort. And it is great because especially if it's cold, you do stay warmer because you don't have the air blowing over you and you can kind of strip off your clothes as you go and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, where else? Oh, time, time of day also kind of plays an effect too. So if it's a really early morning start, um, you may need more more time to warm up. But the tricky part is you may not have or want to get up earlier to have that time to warm up. But if it's a short race and it's early in the morning, personally, I would get up as early as necessary to get in a good warm up because you got to sort of wake up through the day and get your body revved as opposed to if your race is later in the day mm-hmm. you probably don't need as long of a warm-up so this is really like putting together a puzzle it is because you have like if you could have a short event but it's cold and it's <laughs> later in the day and then all of a sudden you have to try to put together like what is going to be the best way to warm up right for this event so it can be like a puzzle, like you said, yeah. and maybe like overly complicated, which is maybe why a lot of athletes an- anecdotally have their warm up and mm-hmm. they just do it regardless. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an argument for that. Um, but some thought that you put, you know, beforehand into yeah. it and run it off your coach or your training partner. Yep. And just try to be the the smartest about it as possible. Right. Because exactly. I can see now as I see it like written out in format in front of me on our cheat sheet, like, oh, this is really kind of tricky if you have X and Y, but then you don't have Z. And then, yeah, right. it's just different. Right, right, for sure. Yeah, and then you throw in other things like the venue. Uh, you know, is there a place to warm up, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, I can't think of a, off the top of my head, but oftentimes in bigger, busier races, like it's hard, there isn't like a place nearby well, it was a little tricky up. even in arkansas it was a little tricky yeah, yeah and that's what i was kind of thinking and having a trainer and rollers to warm up can be very beneficial right. um in that instance and then other races like it's no problem to warm up right there you know um so keeping those sorts of things in mind and then when you start adding like a trainer and rollers to the mix it starts raising the complexity of how do you get your rollers over 
to where you're going to warm up and things like that. And that's going to be different for different people. Are you, is it you, just you at the race and you got to deal with all this? Um, you know, popping them outside your car in the parking lot, pardon me, and doing it right there? Right, 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 right. Or are you trying to get over to like your team's tent and, you know, weren't able to leave stuff overnight, you know, and it's an early morning race. Like there's like tons of variables um, to think about. And to add some more, um, individual riders' fitness also plays a piece too, right? So if you have someone who's used to riding a lot, um, like a higher volume rider, they're probably going to need a longer warm-up because mm, they're used to riding point. more. Their system's maybe a little slower to like get going because that's what they're accustomed to. Um, I know for me, a lot of times, like I don't really start feeling great on the bike until I've been riding for like an hour. Now to do that in a warm up isn't always practical because you're, you know, burning calories and energy before a race. So you have to figure out how am I going to best do a warm up that gets me ready for the race appropriately, right? Where a shorter volume, lower volume rider, if they were to do this like extensive warm up, they might wear themselves out and burn through you know, a good chunk of their glycogen or whatever before they even start the race. So, um, so that's another factor to throw in there, but some things to think about too, is when you're warming up is you are in fact, like you are burning up, you are using fuel, you are burning up glycogen, Mm -hmm. you are using muscles and potentially fatiguing muscle fibers a little bit, especially if you're doing warm ups like with extensive like intervals and things that sometimes you'll see people like really getting after it, like on the trainer and stuff. And it's like, okay, you're going to be really warmed up, but you've just used up. I really hope you have something left for the Yeah, you've just used up a good portion, 25% of your glycogen and who knows how many, you know, muscle fibers you, you know, you kind of utilize that you might like to have later. But, you know, not to like over nitpick it, but those are all things you have to like balance and figure out. And it comes with experimenting and experience. And that ties back into episode 59, you know, of doing these preseason C and B races, because you, those are, that's when you can try different warm up strategies and find out like, oh, that was definitely not enough warm up, or that was too much of a warm up, or mm-hmm. things like that. You know, it was really helpful for me a couple of years ago to hear that I think it's Chloe Woodruff, who's at one of the uh, American pro yeah. females, she has it dialed down to 20 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Chloe Woodruff's pretty awesome. She's got it dialed into 20 minutes. Um, I, I tend to be more like you where I don't feel good for like 45 minutes on an endurance ride, but I do force myself to um, like do some uncomfortable efforts, nothing crazy, but just some uncomfortable efforts just to get my heart rate up and just yeah. sort of speed up the process of warming up. I don't have 45 minutes to, to go ride you know, spin easily before a race. Right, right. Anyway, I think you're going to talk about more specifics, but I think that's kind of encouraging to hear. Like, the pros are doing 20 minutes. Like, we can do that too. Right, right. And I think that's a good number. I think that 20-minute range is, is like, a good number for the majority of people. And then possibly, and I'm thinking she does it, and I'm thinking as well, 20 minutes is, like, your concentrated effort. I think she does it on rollers or trainer. Mm -hmm. Um but it could also be done on the road, but you'd need probably a little bit more prior to starting that 20 minute block to actually just sort of like loosen up That's and true. get going, especially if you're not doing it on a, on a trainer. Um, but yeah, let's get into like a, an example of warm ups because we get this question all the time from our junior athletes and the athletes we coach, like, how should I warm up? And it's a valid question. Um, 
so let's go through this. Uh, Arf, I think you'd agree with me as well. I like to start with movement prep. What is movement prep? Movement prep. So that is something that we utilize in our strength training sessions mm-hmm. before every single strength training session. And ideally, I would do movement prep before every session, but bike riding. Um, but often we're rushed and we just, it gets Well, I usually do, and that's why Sophia's screaming at me up the stairs. You, you Mom! Do, you do a good job Come of that, on. actually. Yeah, I wish I was actually better at that, doing it before like every ride. But yeah. anyway, definitely warm-ups. So movement prep is like a five-minute routine um, of just getting your body moving and kind of getting your major muscles kind of activated and loosened up. Isn't that how you describe Yeah, I just, I, I always start like on the ground, like just drop my knees side to side and kind of getting the, the muscles of my low back moving. For me, that's the most important part. And I do a few other moves, things like downward dog, some lunges with some twists, some side lunges. Um, it just feels like it kind of hits everything and probably it's more of like a ritual thing too. Yeah. Like it makes me feel, it, it's telling me I'm getting ready to do something. Right. It's a centering thing. Like, oh yeah. yes, it is. That's, it's actually very true. Right. Right. It gets All you. All cheesiness aside, it's very centering for me. Your mind ready to go for, for racing. So, and that's all of about five minutes. Sometimes if I have the time, I'll make it 10 minutes depending mm-hmm. on, you know, if I, if, if I have time before the race, um, and that's that. And I'll usually do that after getting dressed. So I'll, I'll get kitted up and then do my movement prep. Um, if It depends, again, where you are. Sometimes it's like on a yoga mat in a parking lot. Sometimes it's inside somewhere, like a, in the, the race registration area, if possible, or at our hotel or RV or wherever we are staying in a race before leaving um, on the bike. And then that goes into like an easy spin. So I'm I'm a fan of also additional centering of going by myself on like a short bike ride around the area. Like 15 minutes? 15 to 20 minutes is typical. Yeah. So this might be the ride from where you're staying to the race venue area possibly. Or if you're already at the race venue area, maybe it's like a little ride away from and back to the Mm -hmm. race venue area or something like that. Ideally, it's relatively flat. It's easy. You're just kind of spinning and, and really it's not so much that you're warming up, but you're like loosening up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, centering, thinking about what you're going to do right. for racing. Um, then it's like back to the car, or the team tent, or whatever the case may be. Um, stopping for a bathroom break more than, often than not, because mm-hmm. um, you usually got to pee by then. And then getting into the structured part of the warm-up. Um, and this is something that I have done in, in the past. It's very venue-dependent, I suppose whether I'm focused on heart rate or power, um, it's more or less the same concept of, I. well, you actually do it slightly different. So we'll compare and contrast. I usually do, but I didn't tell you that in Arkansas I did it your way. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> so my way, the way I like to do it, <laughs> is I do um, three to sometimes four intervals to warm up. And I start with the longer one that's maybe three minutes. Then I'll do a two-minute interval and a one-minute interval, and then usually like a thirty-second interval, and occasionally like a sprint or something if it's a if I feel like the need of for it. And with each interval, the recovery intervals in between are the same length as the one before, roughly. I'm not exact on this always, but so three-minute interval, three-minute recovery, two-minute interval, two-minute recovery. And I start that three-minute effort kind of around my FTP if I'm going by power. Um, so this would be like if I'm on a trainer, for example, or a very controlled environment around FTP. Then the two-minute one, I'm more in that VO2 max zone. 
So going a little harder, a little shorter. The one minute one's more like the anaerobic power, uh, like four minute max power effort for one minute. So pretty intense, but relatively short. And then the 30 second one is close to like a sprint more or less, you know, building up to a sprint mm-hmm. effort. Right. So descending durations, increasing ascending intensities, getting my heart rate up a little bit higher each time and we're good to go. Um, I'll throw in one thing I did in Puerto Rico um, when we were there because the venue was extremely small to where you could warm up, but there was this nice little like three minute loop around near the venue pavement. And more or less it was like a minute and a half up a hill and then a minute down a hill and a little bit of flat in between to make like a three minute lap. So it wasn't long enough of a hill to do my like three minute effort, my two minute effort. Did you panic a little cause bit? Because the, the hill was only like a minute, <laughs> minute and a half. <laughs> so what I did is I did four laps of this loop. Okay. And each time up the hill, I just, I got my heart rate up a little bit higher than the last mm. time up the hill. So the goal right. was first effort. Let's get it to, what did I do? 40, 50, yeah. It was like get to 140-ish beats per minute at the top of the hill the first time. So not terribly hard, but just kind of got going. Then it was like get to 150-ish beats per minute. Then it was 160 beats per minute. And then the last one I had to push pretty hard to get to 170 beats per Ooh, minute. Oh, that's amazing. Which is where I would be. Yeah. Again, keep in mind it was hot, low oh, elevation. Right, 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 right. Heart rate goes up pretty easily. Um, but the, finishing that last effort at like a full race effort, like start type of effort. So, so rather than like a decreasing duration, I just took what I had available to me. Yeah, I love the creativity and the flexibility of that. Yeah, that change in your warm up. Yeah, and so being flexible based on the venue is important. So it's more or less the same warm up concept, yeah. just executed slightly differently. So you reference that I do it opposite. And yeah, so okay, it, you've always said you go the other way. You start the short, fast one first and work out I to the do. long. Do and I, but I did it your way, your method in Arkansas. I don't know why, really. I just <laughs> did it. But I remember in Cactus Cup down in down in Arizona, I just couldn't. Maybe it's because it was like our, my second race of the season. And I just couldn't really wrap my head around being uncomfortable for three minutes first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so for me, after my little fifteen minute easy spin, it was more like introductory, tolerable, just to suffer. For, like not even suffer is like way too hard of a word, but like to push the just pace a little bit for. Yeah. Um, a minute. Okay. So like, I think I did like 30 seconds and then I was like, Hmm, Oh crap. This is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to do this for three hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I did like a minute and then I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. And I did a minute and a half or two minutes. It was very, very unstructured in a way. I just wasn't like mentally ready to, to jump into like this super structured warm up, but mm-hmm. somehow I just got there. Um, so that's okay too. If like you're, if this is your first race and it's like, Oh, holding a three minute effort feels too uncomfortable it doesn't matter you could just hold it for 30 seconds and then and, and gradually extend it till your your mind is more ready to to, to do this mm-hmm. um so i'd say it could go either way but i did it your way in in arkansas pardon me last weekend and it just happened to work very well with that bike path that kind of came up into the parking lot and i was i w- it was great i was ready to go so you did the like a three i the did longer three ones first. two one and 30 seconds okay and that just somehow worked. I don't know why it was like mentally and physically different for me this time, mm-hmm. but I guess I'm just going to be flexible with it. And it's okay if I can't stick to one way. And I, as long as I get my heart rate up and kind of like mentally cross that threshold of being uncomfortable, for me, I'm ready to race. Okay. 
Yeah, and that's a great takeaway, I think, is figure out, experiment, and figure out what works for you, the individual, on the warm-ups. Um, with a few little, like, takeaways. I think, like, less is usually more mm-hmm. or better. You right. know, don't overdo the warm-up, especially if it's hot out. Especially if it's hot out. Um, and I'd say the other main one is, like, gradually work up to higher and higher effort levels, whether it be power and or heart rate. Mm-hmm. To, you know, up to or maybe slightly past like what you expect the first bit of the race to be like. So if you know it's going to be super hard, your warm up needs to finish with something short but super hard to right. kind of get you. So it's not like a shock when you start. If the start isn't necessarily overly hard, then maybe you only have to work up to a, a moderately hard warm up effort. You know, so kind of match the warm up effort to what your race effort is going to start with. And definitely keep an eye on the on the time. Mm-hmm. Because you do not want to run out of time to go back to your car, the tent, and drop off the layers you no longer need for the race. Exactly. Probably pee one more time and definitely, definitely, definitely grab that gel and get it in your body before you um, start the race. Right. So the structured segments we just mentioned, usually with the work intervals, rest intervals, take about 20 minutes um, or slightly less. But you want to finish that last effort with about 10 minutes to go to start or if there's staging and it needs to probably be even further out so you have time to get to where you need to get to get in line for things but in general finishing about 10 minutes before start so like you just said drop off any extra clothes take that gel in um and that sort of thing so you have to always keep in mind the one of the last takeaways i guess is that your warm-up is part of the total day's caloric expenditure Mm -hmm. and you are burning through your glycogen, your stored carbohydrate, as you're warming up, especially when you start doing those higher intensity intervals. So you got to replace that as you're warming up or right after you warm up. Otherwise, you're starting at a little bit of a deficit. So, you know, it may not be that big of a deal, but as we'll talk about in an upcoming episode about fueling, like it, it actually adds up quickly and you've got to stay on top of the, the fueling. And that starts with the warm up. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, I think that kind of covers it. Um, feel free to send us questions, Cody at teamweight.com or Kathy at teamweight.com. And check us out on our website, weightendurance.com, our Instagrams, weightendurance. Um, what's your Instagram, Kathy Weight? No, Kathy Tank Weight. Kathy Tank Weight. Tank is my maiden name. Tank is your maiden name. And my Instagram is just Cody Weight, my name. Uh, we're also on Strava under those names, and then um, a little bit on Facebook as well if you're a Facebooker. Um, at any rate, Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. A rating and review, and then we'll be back uh, in a few days with uh, series number four, the fourth entry in our series. So, all All right. right, sign up for a race. Have fun. Everything we discuss on the Weight Endurance Podcast, we integrate into our annual Base Builder training program and downloadable training plans. Our Base Builder program is an annual online virtual group training program with us as your coaches, allowing you to build your best cycling-based fitness possible to prepare you for your next riding season. We also offer downloadable training plans for base building, cycling-specific strength training, and specialized race preparation for road, gravel, mountain bike racing, and everything in between. Consider our training plan subscription service, where you gain access to all of our training plans for as little as $20 per month. This allows you to easily switch between plans to create your most complete annual training progression. Regardless of the type of cyclist you are, by becoming a part of the weight endurance training community, you're allowing us to help you become a fitter and faster cyclist. Thank you.